It's the M&S Monthly Podcast Show for everything business and entrepreneurship and the best business tips and secrets with your hosts, Michael and Simon. When you first start out in business, what are the types of thoughts that run through your mind? Panic. Worry. Fear. Are you going to be good enough and will it work? Starting out building your very first business is one of those life-changing events. It only feels like yesterday that I started my very first business from my bedroom at my parents' house in South London. I moved my bed out and my desk in. My mattress was put into a cupboard, and this is where I slept for the next two years. Wow, it was hard and a time I will never go back. Lucky for me, that was 22 years ago. Let me tell you what was missing in my early business life. A sense of belonging, a sense of community, and a group of friends doing it for themselves, just like me. On today's M&S podcast show, I'm going to dedicate the show to entrepreneurs who want to start their very own business, or you may already be in business. It doesn't matter how big or how small your business is, because I think we're all the same. You need and want a sense of well-being to be part of a community of business people, to build friendships with someone who knows what you are going through. The fear, the worry, the panic. It's okay, my fellow listeners, to feel this way. So let's kick the episode of the M&S show. Welcome, Simon. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this show. This is going to be full of really good insight for entrepreneurs, business owners out there, uh, especially when we're all facing a really tough time right now, aren't we? On today's show, we are going to be speaking about a unique event called the King's Summit. It's an event that is four years old. Due to the pandemic last year, it was online. This year, it is going, going ahead live at the Detlin Showground just off the M20 in the Garden of England we call Kent. So Simon, you are a founder, one of the founding members of the King's Summit. So Share with our listeners what inspired you to create the King's Summit 
and how it is, it is different to any other event in the UK and overseas. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, the King Summit is not an overnight thing. It didn't just appear. Um, it was really the result of 40 years worth of training. Uh, training in the life that I led in terms of the roles that I led and learning about the art of business and supporting business owners for a big part of my career. Even in banking, I was in the business divisions of the bank, helping business owners grow their business, lending them money, sorting out all sorts of importing and exporting challenges that they faced. And then when I went into the world of business, I was shocked, I think, really, a bit like you. It was in a bedroom. It was trying to work my way through all the challenges of setting up a business and also build for myself a sense of purpose, vision and direction. And so the King Summit came about largely because I was really wanting to share the skills and the wisdom and the insights that I'd accumulated over the years, not just from my own experience, but from many of the mentors that I listened to and have worked with over the years, because some of these insights are invaluable. And I've been to business conferences before where you get a speaker on the stage, you listen, you go away with some notes, and then you find those notes three or four years later and you've done nothing with it. And so the King Summit was born to address that very issue, uh, deliver ideas and concepts, but then get all the people in the room together in small groups to debate them, discuss them, write them down, go away with a workbook, go away with real things that they could then input into their business, try in their business and see the impact that that has. And then the other part to it was that uh, in along that journey, I became a Christian. And in becoming a Christian, I believe that I really heard from God about his desire to help the business community in Kent. And the, my pastor had a similar vision at a similar time about, you know, wanting to help people to become good stewards of their business, which is a biblical principle. And in becoming good stewards of our business, we are blessed and we start to be more effective and make better decisions. And our businesses are blessed and they grow as a result. So it's that combination of real practical life experience, um, theories from gurus and mentors that I'd studied and my faith and joining with other Christian business owners, we created uh, the King Summit four years ago. So tell me, I've never heard this um, this term for entrepreneurship, uh, business owners, steward of your business. Tell me more. So in the Bible, there's a, a story about a wealthy um, homeowner and farmer who decides to go away for a period of time. And he has three servants that he trusts and he leaves the whole operation of his business and the farm and everything in their care. 
Um, but what he does is the way it's described is that to one servant, he gives 10 talents and 10 talents was really the amount of responsibility that this person had along with the money to, to, you know, grow the business and run the business. To the second servant, he gave five talents. And to the third servant, he gave one talent. It doesn't say why, but you might assume that that was based on maybe the levels of experience that each servant had. It certainly wasn't a trust issue because he trusted them anyway with running the whole business. When he came back, the first servant presented him with the 10 talents plus another 10 talents from the investments that he'd made whilst he was away. The second servant presented his five talents plus another five talents for the work that he put in uh, in running the business and making it profitable. And the, But the third servant only presented back the one talent he was given because his argument was, well, you're a very difficult taskmaster as a business owner. I didn't want to upset you. So what I did was I took that one talent and I went and buried it in the ground. I knew it would be safe there so that when you come back, that's what I would give you. And the owner decided to take that one talent off that person and give it to the person who now had 20 because he, his level of trust in that person went up. And, and so the concept here is about when we're running our business, when we're in charge of things and we're given responsibility, how much responsibility do we take in making sure that we're doing the right things, making investment decisions, working hard? Or are we the kind of person that's just sitting back, you know, hoping it's all going to be fine? and taking the easy options. And an ethical business is one that gets that balance right, but I believe anyway, between um, making wise investment decisions, working hard, but not trying to cheat anybody. Because in reality, this person was trying to cheat the owner in one sense. He certainly cheated him out of any income, or any profits. And so we've got to be very careful in business that we're, we're operating for the right reasons, but we're also not afraid to be making a profit, you know, out there making money, growing our business, investing back in the business and, and running it in that way, which is what I would call running an ethical business and being a good steward of your business. Just like to mention to our listeners today that both yourself and myself, we walked stage three of the Pilgrim's Way, which is a walk from Southwark Cathedral to Canterbury Cathedral, some 90 miles. And during this walk, we do an awful lot of walking and talking. And one of the things that really stands out in my mind is what happens when you really get down to being outside, walking in nature. 
and really grounding and earthing yourself, your thoughts, your beliefs, your motivations. And I, I think you would agree, Simon, the other day is we, we've both felt really, really energized and motivated. But coming back round to the King's Summit, because we did an awful lot of talking about the King's Summit and yes. highlighting the theme of the King's Summit and what you're trying to achieve by running the event this year, more so than any other year, because we've just had a once-in-a-lifetime situation occur. There's a lot of panic, there's a lot of frustration, and there's a lot of uncertainty in the business community. So what's the theme of the King's Summit this year? The theme this year, Michael, is all about nets. People will say, well, what on earth have nets got to do with business? Well, we're building on the story of Peter, who was a fisherman, again, another business owner in the Bible, who had been fishing all night long, all night long, and no catch whatsoever. And then along comes this preacher who knows in his mind, knows nothing about fishing, tells him to go out, back out again and cast his nets on the other side of the boat. In the meantime, what Peter had been doing is when he came ashore, he was spending time uh, fixing the nets, mending them, making sure the knots in the nets were really strong because that's what makes a strong net. And because it would have been easy to come back in having not caught anything and just thrown the nets in the back and gone home to bed because he must have been tired. But he knew the importance of the nets for his business. And when he did then catch the biggest catch of his whole career and he needed other fishermen to run from the shoreline and pull the boat in and help him uh, haul the fish in, there were so many, those nets did not break. And the reason why they didn't break was because his, he had invested time he was working on his nets and the interesting concept about this whole issue around nets is that we have our own nets whatever business we're in we have our nets and we need to work on our nets it's where the terminology net working comes from and so the theme is about net working working on our nets knowing who are all those people that form our knots and our connections and who are they connected with and how can we, at a, after a period of time where we've been, you know, locked down, um, moving from an office into a garden shed perhaps, maybe our business isn't as big as it was before and, you know, we've talked about some of the loneliness issues and the lack of, clarity and uncertainty and you mentioned earlier fear that creeps in for us as business owners we we're vulnerable to it in in a sense and so having a strong network of people of clients of suppliers whatever that may be is vital right now and we want to not just explore the concept but create an environment at the King Summit. When people come, they will go away with a new network. We will form networks at the King Summit. 
And, you know, this is being inspired also by the government right now. The government has come up with this program called Peer-to-Peer Networks. And I think it's amazing because it's saying to business owners, when you're in a network of like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners, some people might call that a mastermind group, but I'm going to call it a network for the purposes of of the King's Summit and this uh, podcast of ours. It's very important that we have a strong network because when we do, then we've got people we can talk to who talk our language, who understand our challenges and who can give us good advice, good ideas and create opportunities in a strong network. Is there a difference in peer-to-peer network opposed to just networking? Because some people say, I'm a great networker. And to build a successful business, you need a great network. But I am only asking this question because I know peer-to-peer network is a whole new, deeper, more communal level of net and net work opposed to all my suppliers, all my clients are in a general network. But the question really comes down to what we learn from history, what we are learning from the great gurus who have gone before us, people like Henry Ford, Andrew Carnegie, the uh, steel magnate. I know they had a peer-to-peer network of 59 people. So tell me the difference, in your opinion, peer-to-peer networks or just whatever one brands networking? Yeah, it's a very good point, Michael. Um, I, I think, first off, we have to be good at networking, yeah, because networking is like casting the nets out. You don't know what you're going to catch, but you, if the nets aren't out, you're not going to catch anything. So having a good network of people around you, having a good network of suppliers, you know, having a good good group of clients, don't rely on one client. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. You could we could talk all day on networks. Peer to peer is a very different concept because it's about intimacy. It's about coming together with a a few, two, three, four, maybe fifty nine. That feels a bit big to me. It wouldn't surprise me if the Andrew Carnegies and the Henry Fords had miniature peer groups within the peer group of people that they would call and speak to regularly. But a peer-to-peer group, which is something you and I have formed together, Michael, in a sense, we peer-to-peer network. We go on this walk every month. Doesn't matter how busy, what's going in our business, going on in our business, us going out and spending a day walking at the moment, the Pilgrim's Way, is the number one priority for me because I know that I'm going to come away with new insights, feeling better about myself, having clarity about my vision and my direction and my business because if I've got any fear or any worries 
or I'm struggling with something, I'm able to share that intimately with you in a, in a conversation with someone I trust implicitly. And that is the strength of a peer to peer network. Um, when, once you form it, you start to build trust and we start to open up. Not instantly, doesn't happen overnight because you're building that trust. But there's a real power in a peer to peer network because of the very fact that all of our thoughts as on, as entrepreneurs, all of the words that come out of us as entrepreneurs don't always land with people who don't understand our world. You know, my wife, if I try and speak to my wife about the business, you know, it's sort of kind of going over her head. She'll listen, but I can't have a two way in depth uh, conversation. She comes up with some great ideas, but that's about it. Uh, speaking to a fellow business owner who I trust, I can, I can open up and really talk about things that are worrying me and, and, and talking about the future. Where do I think the future is going? What direction do I need to take my business to navigate these incredible changes that we're seeing in the economic environment that we're facing? So peer to peer is a really powerful tool. And you mentioned those people, Henry Ford, etc. They formed peer to peer networks in the Great Depression of the 1930s. And evidence shows that those businesses in peer groups went on to thrive through that period and out the other end. Whereas those businesses that are still stuck on their own, struggling for ideas, you know, uh, we have mental health challenges now, don't we? With uh, is discussed a lot. Whereas before, you know, in those days, it probably was put under the carpet, not discussed. But these things worry us and we need to offload somewhere. We need to be able to talk to somebody sensibly and share our thoughts and ideas and get good feedback. Who are the types of people? I don't mean business people. I mean the types of business people, the traits, the personalities. Because I've heard all too often that you want different people in your business. And I would also add... You want different types of people within your peer-to-peer networks. So what type of personalities do you think are most encouraged to join a peer-to-peer network? That's a great question. You know, I think uh, with all the psychometric tests out there, if you did that on everybody in a peer network, you'd come out with a different answer every time. I think the one word that stuck in my mind in answer to that question is the word ambition. If you're an entrepreneur listening now, business owner that's listening to this podcast, and you're ambitious, you want your business to be at another level. You have a vision, a desire, and you have ambition, then you're perfect for being in a peer group because That's when I use the words like-minded entrepreneurs. I would say that every really strong and robust peer group that I've had the pleasure to be part of, particularly through this government program, 
the owners and the entrepreneurs are all ambitious and they have a hunger and a desire. And there's one other ingredient, uh, I think, in that they're givers. They're givers. Very much like the BNI concept, givers gain. They come on, they join a peer group, not just because they want to get insights, but also because we're we're really passionate and almost desperate to give back to help other business owners and to give the, them the benefit of any experience or wisdom that we've had. So it's a giver's gain, giving back element to a really good peer-to-peer group um, so that you do as much listening, well, more listening perhaps than you do talking. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. So what about conflict within these peer-to-peer networks? Because you and I are both running a highly successful business with great ambition, great vision, a great plan which ultimately makes us very similar in the direction we are going. But all too often, when you have two very similar people within the business, there's conflict. You haven't mentioned the word compassion, understanding, collaboration, communication. So from your experience of working with the government peer-to-peer network initiative, how do you deal with conflict? Because I know how Henry Ford and Andrew Carnegie dealt with this issue. I'd be interested to hear what you say. Oh, I'd be interested to hear how they dealt with the issue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, it's going to happen, isn't it? We're all human beings. We all have bad days. Yeah. Um, I think what's really important and where the government uh, peer-to-peer network is working so well at the moment is that we have a set of rules, you know, rules of engagement. And we share those rules with people before they join that group. Um, and it's all about the words you've just used, collaboration, communication. But there's other words in there like respect and trust and confidentiality, which is a very important word because, you know, what goes on in the peer group must stay in the peer group. And um, that's important. And if that gets broken or breached in any way, then, yes, you're going to have conflict. But if we could go back to the rules or the, the rules of engagement, then we can say, well, look, this, these are the consequences of falling outside of that. Uh, and then it can be swiftly dealt with. Apologies can be made or people can leave. You know, they're, they're not fixed by any means. It's what's important is that the peer group is working for the people in the peer group. And being human, we're always going to have those occasions when that doesn't always work exactly as we expected. And changes can be made, and that's absolutely fine. I'm sure in that group of 59, people came and went. 
And I'm sure, too, there were arguments. And by the way, there was a commonality within the group that everyone agreed there was no wrong way. Every way was a right way for the individual. And respect, trust in the thought, the ideas of everyone was the importance behind. And it kind of pinned behind the the love, the harmony, the compassion. Yes. And, it, and, and with that general feeling and understanding is, I will help you. I will look after you, Simon, if you will do the same for me. And I've heard that a few times now, and I think it's so, so, so important that, you know, I speak a lot about if you want to go fast, go on your own, but if you want to go further, go with a team. And, and actually, I think this is so key. And I think this underpins the benefit of peer-to-peer network. And at mm. the outset or at the start of the show, I said, when I started, it was a very lonely existence. It was very un- un- unsettling. I didn't know where the money was coming from. I didn't know, even know if I could put food on the table during the lean times. And then I kept hearing that most business goes bust within the first four years. And I think then it would have been so, so powerful Mm -hmm. for me to go with a team that were not on my payroll. Mm, I've got yeah. ideas. I will look after you if you will look after me. So let's yeah. just break break to share with our listeners how the King's Summit is going to address the peer-to-peer network objective. What are the people going to get exactly? And when we come back, Simon, we're going to talk about the numbers of people, and the true benefits. So why should people come to the King's Summit? They should come because of everything that we've discussed so far, Michael, that they are perhaps on their own out there, feeling a bit lonely, wanting to come into a room, hear some really great insights. I mean, you've just mentioned one there, which we don't talk about a lot of business owners, love. You know, we loving each other. Um, Dan Moldhub, the MD of the wonderful creative agency, is one of the speakers. And he's going to talk about, you know, IQ, which we all know about IQ, EQ. We, some of us might have heard of emotional intelligence and EQ. He talks a lot about LQ, love quotient, how we, you know, uh, have a passion and a love for what we do passion and a love for our staff and how we look after them and therefore get the best out of them, a passion and a love for our clients and what we do for them, which no one else can do. And it's fascinating, the insights that he gives. And then we'll break and we'll take everything that he's just discussed as a table and there'll be tables all at the the venue. We're all sat in round tables and on those tables together in the little peer groups that we're starting to form, we'll discuss how can we take that and bring that into our life, into our world, into our business. 
So the day is very, very practical. You're not coming just to listen to speakers. You're coming to actually write, rewrite the success blueprint for your business and go away with that blueprint, having tested it out with a few people in the room and also forming a group, forming a bond with one or two or more people in the room who will then hold you accountable for making sure you implement that in your business. So we'll see real impact, real change. And you'll be like that first steward coming back with 10 talents plus 10 talents to show for the day that you've just spent together. How are you doing any work in the background to ensure that people sitting on a particular table are mixing with similar personalities in order to form their very own peer-to-peer network? We are looking at the different types of businesses that are coming in um, so that we're, we're making sure there's a good blend and a good mix. But to be honest with you, Michael, we're not going to go down the route of personality testing everybody before they arrive or COVID testing everybody before they arrive. Um, we're going to put people in a room and we're going to let the magic happen. What sort of magic will be happening? The magic will be in the opportunity and the time given over to us being able to get up out of our seat and go and speak to somebody that that maybe we either know or don't know um, and really start to form and reconnect and form some strong bonds and have peer-to-peer conversations, the kind of conversations you and I have when we're walking. I'm expecting that room to be buzzing with people having those conversations, learning from each other and taking away some very practical insights. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we've this is not the first King Summit, it's the fourth. So in the in the first two, when we were in a room together, we were doing that. And you could just see you, it's very difficult to explain, but you could see the magic happening. And when we come back, I can explain and share some of the businesses and what they've done with that magic and where they are now, because it's incredible when you see where they are now and how they're weathering this pandemic. What do you think comes first in creating a peer-to-peer network? Is it the relationship or is it the peer-to-peer objective? It has to start with the peer-to-peer objective because the relationship gets built. The relationship is built and built and becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. But it needs a very clear objective from the outset. Without that, then, you know, why are we meeting? What are we talking about? What are we here to achieve? So we help everybody in the room on the day to set the the objectives, the things that they're looking for from this event. There'll be lots of opportunity for networking as well and, and building these Uh, peer networks it's interesting I've been to a few networking events and you you walk in the room and you stood there and you don't know who to talk to to start with you can actually be full of fear and trepidation you know I'm in this room I don't know anybody who am I going to talk to why am I here and it's so interesting when people come up to you and, and ask you that question 
why are you here? Because when I ask people that question, they don't always know the answer. Or they, they're not completely clear as to why they're there. So I think setting that objective from the very outset, being clear, why are you here at the King's Summit? What are you going to get from it? How are we going to make sure that you do? When we know that, we can do just that. We can make sure people are going away with their objectives, objectives fulfilled. How many people typically do you think we will be forming or you will be forming in a peer-to-peer network at the King's Summit? Well, a peer group, it can just be like with you and I, Michael. We have the most amazing peer-to-peer network, and it's just the two of us. Uh, I think twos, threes, and fours. On a day like that, you know, where we're together for just the one day, I think if you're going away with an additional person or second or third person in your network where you feel really comfortable that, you know, this isn't just about going to an event. This is about creating something that's going to sustain you over the next six months, 12 months, two years, five years. Some of these peer groups are are running years and years and years later, which is incredible. The government peer groups that we started a year ago, those groups are still meeting every month now. And that's really interesting. Some of them uh, form very close bonds, collaborate together and do business together now. And I think that's also another interesting development from coming along on the King's Summit. It's interesting you mentioned that the peer-to-peer network through the government initiative that you've been working on, they're still, still going over a year later. So what are the things that are enabling those those networks to continue as they are in the successful way they're being administered? The word I would use, Michael, is passion. There's usually one person who gets really passionate about it. They're a very good administrator, and they'll say, right, I love this group. I want us to carry on meeting. I'll create a WhatsApp group. I'll set a date we get together. And then that person is a, is a key driver of the group. Um, that's, these groups are consisting of 10 or so businesses. So it requires a little bit of administration around that. Where you've got a peer group where it's two or three, it can be much more informal in that sense. I think it's very, very important, and you've just made me think about this, what is important is the administration. Because even with you and I, we're very busy people, and our business is like a hungry monster. It's screaming at us for our time and our energy all the time. It's like a baby that constantly needs attention, and it gets upset when we don't give it attention. We've got to find a way of working on that business, not in the business. And to do that, having a robust and powerful peer group to pull us away from the business, to help us to reflect and to to be, you know, better stewards again of our business is really important. Um, but but that only happens when you're good at administration. So, for example, you and I, when we've done the walk. 
the very first thing we're doing as we're celebrating our success, usually in a local inn or pub, <laughs> um, we are getting our diaries out and we're booking the next, the next day when we're getting together. If we don't do that, we could go for weeks and months. And you know how it is. We say, oh, I'll, I'll catch you. I'll phone you. It never happens. So there's a discipline required in making sure that you keep your peer group once formed you keep it alive. If I were to ask you to give me three words that describes our friendship peer-to-peer, uh, the walks and the talks and the conversations we've had, what three words would you use? Oh, two are easy. Let me think about the third one. Two are easy because... Michael, you hit the nail on the head when you got these little stones. And on these little stones was printed a word. And you had one for yourself and you gave one to me. And your stone said trust. And I think trust is vital. I trust you. To to a level, I, I could even say, you know, because we've known each other so long, I trust you with my life. I certainly trust you with my business because I share so much in it and I make decisions sometimes, not all the time, sometimes based on your advice. Um, So trust is so important. The other stone you gave me was faith. I think we have to have faith, Uh, faith in ourselves, faith in our business. And as a Christian, of course, I'm advocating faith in God Um, but you know we have faith in each other and and I think that's important it's not something you can measure you know it's just something that exists and what's the third word (laughs) Um, I don't know what word to use but I think what I would like to explain is that I think we're on the same wavelength you know, when, when you have conversations with people that are on the same wavelength as you, it's so rich. But when people aren't either listening or they're not on your wavelength or they just don't get it, it can be frustrating. And I, we know our time is precious, so we want to maximise that time. So getting on the same wavelength is really important. And a lot of that is about shared experiences and in allowing that wavelength whatever it is to be about anything it could be about the fact that you know i'm feeling quite low right now and i need your help or i'm on a high right now and i want to really capitalize on that and because we have this roller coaster ride in business and you might be at the top of the roller coaster one minute and i'm at the bottom or vice versa but we can come together on the same wavelength because we understand where we are on that roller coaster. And I would say that is so eloquently put. And this is the reason why people should be coming along to the King's Summit in October 2021. So as we wrap the podcast show up today, Simon, Just tell our listeners how they can become 
a part of the audience at the King's Summit and ultimately build, be part of their very own peer-to-peer network. Because I know, because we've spoken about it, this is your number one objective. We do not want the audience to go on their own. We want the audience to go with a team. And we want to be able to help them find a team of cheerleaders, collaborators, communicators. So when they are, when we are having a bad day, you have someone cheering you on from the sidelines. And yes, it's okay to have to ask for help along the way. Tell our listeners, Simon, how they can be part of the audience at the King's Summit. They just need to go on to the website, which is thekingssummit.com. Thekingssummit.com. The King's Summit is going to be at the Kent Event Centre near Detling in Kent. Very easy to get to, easy to park. There'll be lunch. Ticket prices are heavily subsidised by an amazing sponsor in the form of Azets Accountants. It's on the 14th of October, so only a couple of weeks away uh, right now. But if listeners are listening to this, of course, on the 13th, it's only a day away. So on the 14th of October, and it's thekingsummit.com. Thank you so much, Simon. We'll see you there, listeners. You've been listening to Michael and Simon. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow us to hear the latest tips and secrets.